real crazy mortal on Thanksgiving. And, and we do things like that. I love Thanksgiving, yes, because of the food. And another reason. Anyone know what the other reason is for? Huh? Huh? Football. Three games, baby. Three games we have this, this Thursday. Bring it. I know the sorry Jets play, but it's all right. Any Jet fans, we still love you here. Come to church. I'm just playing. And then what else? What's another reason why we love Thanksgiving? Anyone else? So, huh? Pumpkin pie. We went over the food already. <laughs> huh? We give th- Man, Ali's on the road. We give thanks. You can't forget that. That's right. We give thanks. Let's get real now. What else? <laughs> I'm just playing. Yes, we do. What else? What would you say? I want to see if anyone guesses it. Man, no one's mentioned family? Oh, Family. <laughs> How many of you are excited for Thursday you get to spend time with your family? Amen. All seven of you. Amen. So we're going to pray for family. The Sierra clan is like, Miss Sierra, the girls are like, not us. That's the, you know, we got we to gotta work with that. We got to do something here. We're just going to have a good time today. But, but I love that I get to spend time with family. I get to spend time with family that I probably just see once a year, maybe twice a year on one of the birthdays. And I love to see them. But guess what my family does? We have a family tradition since I've been a little, little Little boy. I'm just a bigger boy now. We do this thing called marshmallow fights. And we're all sitting down watching football. We're just eating. We're full. We feel like vomiting because we've eaten so much. And as we're sitting down out of nowhere, this is a true story. You know what? I'll tell you what. I'll record it this year, and I'll put it up on Facebook so you can see it. And we're just there. We're full. We're all like, we're talking junk, you know, like family does. And out of nowhere, this is what happens in my family every single year marshmallows just start flying across the room out of nowhere. And now it's time to get real. We get pillows and we get chairs and we get shields and garbage cans. And we're, whoop. And the best thing is I've mastered this thing. I dip it into the cup of whatever I'm drinking, make it into a thick, hard ball, and I just whack people. Pop! And it gets stuck on them. And we just get crazy. We have old people, grandparents, playing um, because we inherited it from them. Every year we have a marshmallow fight. I love this. Because as the year goes by, our families will send us t- uh, picture texts and say, look what I found. Just last week, they sent me a picture of this little tree ornament that they have. I should have put it up here. And behind the tree ornament, it says, look what we found. It's almost time again. A year later, they're still finding marshmallows all over their house that they were hidden. If that's not biblical, and that's not having a good godly time, I don't know what is. So I'm very excited for Thanksgiving. And listen to me, I'm very excited because it's a time to eat. How many of you can say amen? Man, it's a time to watch football and women that love football. How many of you can say amen? It's a time to spend with family. How many of you can say amen? For my family, it is a time to hit someone from your family that's been annoying you with a marshmallow. How many of you can say amen for me? But the most important thing about Thanksgiving, and I think Ali nailed it on the head, was it's also a time where I could just reflect and give thanks. Give back what was given unto me. How many of you could say amen? Now, this is what I want to talk about. Now, how did I get this message? I'm a teacher. I say that every Sunday. And I'm sharing to one of my middle hours. Uh, I think it was my, I forgot what, our fifth hour. And as I'm sharing on this story, I'm sharing, and, I'm, and I forgot that I was teaching. I'm preaching in my room, and I'm sweating, and I'm preaching. And it hit me. I'm like, yo, if someone walks in, they're going to think I'm crazy. And then it hit me right there. God said, that's the word. And I said, and I stopped my class, and I said, I'm preaching that this Sunday. And that's the story I'm going to give you. The story that God gave me last week as I shared to my students, and here it is. It is the widow's two mites. Anyone ever heard of that story? Yeah? Give me a yay. 
All right, then for all the nays, here we go. Whoa. Mark 12, go to verse 41 with me. When you're there, just, just holler at me, say, give me a big amen for me so I can know you're there. Mark 12, 41. Amen, amen. How about this section? Anyone's here yet there? All right. Let's jump into this. It says, now, um, Jesus sat opposite the treasury, and he saw how the people put money into the treasury. You guys are reading this? Many who were rich uh, put in much. You could, you could underline that if you want. But many who were rich put in large sums, it says in the ESV. The New King James says, hey, many who were rich, they put just much. And, and they put large sums. And watch what it says next, verse 42. Then there was this one poor widow. And she came out. And she threw in what is, what is two mites, uh, uh, what, is, what is two small copper coins, which, which makes about a penny. As a matter of fact, I wrote this in my notes in parentheses. This was the smallest currency available during Jesus' time. Are, are you guys with me? This is like when we collect tithes kind of thing, and you come in to bring in your tithes, but then you come and you drop a penny into the box, and everyone's just looking at you. That dude just dropped a penny, and, and that's what the woman just does. The, the woman walks up to the treasury box. She, she drops a penny while everyone is dropping their $1,000 check, so on and so forth, but she drops a, 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 a just a little measly penny. That's it, just a penny. Now, now I know what y'all are doing. Hey, Amen. preach this, pastor. Preach this, because you know I'm going to give you a check for 0.1 cents tomorrow, next Sunday. You heathen, man. You, you need Jesus. Here we go. Look at the person next to you. If that's you, you need Jesus, man. All right. You guys are serious today. I'm going to do a dance or something. Man, 33. Let's do this. Thanksgiving week. Amen. So he called his disciples. Just check this out. The woman drops a penny. He sees what's going on, because this is what Jesus is doing. Jesus just is laying back, like he's just watching everything happening. And as he's watching everything happening, he, he, I love this. Why? Because this shows me that Jesus is someone who, who watches what we do, church. Who looks into our lives. Who, who's interested, not just in what we receive, but who's also interested in what we give. Come on, man. And what we give. So, so Jesus is there and he's like, yeah, that guy just dropped 10,000. Yeah, that guy dropped 100. That guy dropped 5,000. Yeah, that guy just dropped 100. And then something happens. He sees a poor widow and she drops a penny. Are you guys with me? She drops a penny and Jesus just does one of these. What? And you probably think if you were there, oh my God, Jesus just saw her drop the penny. She's going to get it. She's going to get a whooping. Because Jesus gets up from what he saw. But look what it says next. And he calls his what? Yeah, his bodyguards, right? We're going to take care of this woman just in case she has a backup. But that's not what Jesus is interested for. Come on, I need you to catch today's message. And he says this to them. He says, truly, I say to you that this poor widow has put more in this treasury box, more in the tithe box than anyone who has contributed to the offering box. Now, if you are anything like me, you've heard me say that, right? You read that, you put the Bible away, and everyone say this after me. Huh? Yeah. It's a whole experience in the Bible. Because I don't understand how Jesus is in the corner of the temple. And as he's looking in the corner of the temple, look at all these rich people giving from their abundance. And one poor lady gives a penny, and he goes, wow, I just felt that. Doesn't that remind you of something? There was one day that Jesus was walking down the crowd, 
what's that guy's name, Jerarius? I never know how to say his name. Jer- I just call him Jerius. These guys in the Bible and their weird names, man. And he's like, I need you to come and heal my son. I need you to come and heal my son. I need you. And Jesus is like, yo, chill. Let's go. Relax. And as Jesus goes to heal his son, hundreds of people are touching Jesus. Remember that? And the woman with the flow of blood touches the hem of his garment. He's like, stop. Who touched me? The disciple says, are you crazy? Hundreds have touched you. He said, no, 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 no. One has touched me, and I felt the power of God leave me. Now, now, here's Jesus, and he gets up, and it's almost the same thing. Something touched him. Are you guys with me? And I, and I just said this five minutes ago because Jesus is not just interested in what he gives you. He's also interested in what you give him. Hey, have you real? I'm not going to preach a prosperity gospel. I'm just going to preach a biblical gospel. Can I do that? Have you ever realized how those who give, how blessed they are? Let's just stop there. Okay, let's keep going. None of you like that. Let's keep going. Watch this. Watch this. So he called his disciples and says, y'all got to check this out. Come here, come here, come here. And look what he says. Surely I say to you that this poor widow has put more. Has put more than everyone else who has given to the treasury. Let's just, just, just keep going. Look at verse 44. For they all put out of their abundance... But this poor widow, what she do? Look what it says. She put out of her what? Poverty. She has put everything that she had, everything that she had to live on. The new King James says, says this. She put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. Can you imagine putting your whole livelihood? Just think about what the whole livelihood is. That's your car, your house, your bank account, and everything that you have to live on for that day. That's your livelihood, okay? You, you guys get what I'm saying? You've ever had someone ask you for money? I need money for dinner today. And you know you have $20 in your pockets, but you're like this, ready? I know I need about $8.50 for me so that I can get that extra value meal. So let me do this, ready? I'm not going to give them the $20. i am going to grab $20, subtract $8.50, and then that's what I'll give her. I'll give her or I'll give him what I really don't need, but I'll keep what I need for today. Are you guys with me? Well, this poor widow walks up to the treasury box, but she doesn't think that way. This is the way that she thinks, ready? I know I need this money, and I need about $8.50 to get my next meal but guess what I only have a penny and this might be enough just to give me a little bit of crumb of bread to eat for today and I know that if I give this away watch this I know I'm not gonna have enough money to eat today but you know what it doesn't matter I know that it still belongs to God and watch this she gives it to God not even worrying about how are you gonna get food later she's like I don't know but I know that I'm gonna give with all of my well-being all of my livelihood. Everyone else is giving from what they have, but she's giving from all of her life. You guys get me? I'm going to talk to you because it's Thanksgiving about giving, and I'm not just talking about tithing and offering. I'm talking about just giving. I'm talking about giving your life, giving your heart, giving your soul, giving your time, giving your money, giving your everything. I'm talking about a people that give. Uh, Here's the widow. She does not refuse to give even when she needed more to live on. I need this to live on, but she did not refuse. Watch this. Because her devotion to God was 
first priority. My question, church, is this. Do you give to God because God is your first priority? Or do you give to God after every other priority is met and then you give to God? Are you guys with me? Because our first priority is God and then everything else falls second. With money, with time, with worship. I can't worship anything before God. I can't give time to anything until I've given my time to God. I can't give money to anything. Are you guys listening to me? Until I give my money to. Listen, God is first priority to this poor widow. Are you guys with me? And then she realizes it. I love what St. Francis of Assisi says. He says this, for it is in giving that we receive. Hey, I want to receive, Pastor Rico. God, I want to receive. And God is like, and I want to receive too, baby. You've ever been there with God? Can I have those conversations? Where God's like, I want to give you. Trust me. I want to pour. Anyone here ever been blessed by giving? Or am I just preaching to myself? And God's like, I want to give you an abundance. And I want to bless you. And you're like, yes, Lord, I want that. Trust me. I want to receive it. I want to receive. And God's like, so do I. Let me receive some glory. Let me receive some of that blank, whatever it is. Let me receive some of that. Lord, I, I need this much to get this much. And God is like, I own that much, so give me much. Mother Teresa says it best as I get into the meat of my message. Check this out. Mother Teresa, who's a good example of someone who gave. She says, give. Give. Everyone say give. But watch what she says next. Ready? This is the part we won't want to say out loud. But give until it hurts. Wow. Could you not have said that, Mother Teresa? Give, but give until it hurts. Listen, listen, church. God is a giving God. And we're going to go back to the story of Mark 12 towards the end. But God is a giving God. Listen, with a giving heart. We know that. God so loved the world that he, yeah, he's a giver. Thanksgiving. It's all about what? Thanks. But don't forget the giving. Because we love to get around our family table and say, Lord, today as a family, we're going to do this holy. We're so sacred and holy unto you, so here it is. We give you thanks for everything we have. We've all done that. Me, I've done that. We've done that. And God is like, yeah, thanks, giving. You're really good at thanking, but you're not really good at giving. How many of us worship thanksgiving for the thanking, but we never worship God for the giving? I'm just talking to myself today. If you saw my Facebook status, Twitter status, whatever you want to call it, I put God challenged me in the word, and I can't wait to challenge you guys in the word. Hey, guess what? God challenged me in this word first. So, John 3.16, God gave the world. We all know John 3.16 so well, right? Go to um, put on um, Sunday, night, Sunday afternoon football today. Guess what's going to be in the end zone? John 3.16 is going to be on the end zone. And then when they move the ball to the under end zone, guess what's going to be on the end zone? John 3.16 on the other end zone. Let me tell you something about John 3.16, which we all know so well. It's this that we cannot ignore. In John 3.16, we can't ignore that it's a message that love, but that love gives. So many of us look at that message as this. Come on, I need you just to, to really catch this. Some of us look at that message as, praise God. God so loved the world that he died on the cross for my sins. Amen. Amen? But did you catch the message? It is a love that gives that makes John 3.16 so special. That's what I'm talking about. Well, why should I give? I'm going to give you two points. But before I give you two points, I'm going to give you an introduction of why give. Ephesians 5.1 says this. It causes us to be what of God imitators of God. Ephesians 5.1 calls us to be imitators of God. Hey, check this out. If you're writing notes, write this down. Ephesians 5.1 calls me to be an 
imitator of God. Hey, are you imitating God with your life? Are you imitating God with your money? Are you imitating God with your time? Hey, are you imitating? Timmy, Timmy's not here today, but are you imitating God with the word? Are you imitating God with everything that you do? Are you guys with me? Are you, or is the whole Timmy thing so with you? All right, here we go. Ephesians 5.1 calls us to be imitators of God. Listen, we are joyous, generous, faithful givers because our God is a generous, joyful, faithful giver. So since God is giver, regal is giver. Since God is giver, new life is giver because, because God gave. So God's children give. And, 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 and why do you give? Because God gave me so much more. So all I can do is give this much. It's nothing compared to what God's given. Are you guys with me? Ephesians 5.1 means to be what? Good, I got it in your head. Imitators of God. Called you to be what? We're just going to learn the word today. Imitators of God. As a matter of fact, it even goes deeper in the book of John, where John 15, 5, Jesus is speaking, and Jesus says, I am the vine. Weird. Okay. I am the vine. And then look what he tells me in you. And, and, And you new life, you Christians, you church, you are the yeah, branches, that's not fair. Branches get cracked. Branches get broken. I don't know about you, but my neighborhood's filled with branches on the floor. One little wind comes, all those old little crusty branches, they fall, they rip, they're on the floor. I'm walking, I'm crunching branches. Anyone ever walk and crunch branches? Because they withered. They withered. The weather came. Weather destroyed. This is why God causes branches. It doesn't make it any different with us. How many Christians have been stepped on? They've withered. They've been broken off the vine, which is Jesus. They've been broken off their source, which is Christ. And, and they're on the floor. Watch this. What is that significant for? They're defeated. Where the Bible has called our enemies to be under our footstool. Now we are under the footstool of the enemy. Am I preaching to anyone here today? And Christ is like, no. You were never to come off this tree You were never to come off this vine. Listen, I am the vine and you are the branches. The branches remain in me and me in them. Don't get cut off by the weather. Don't get cut off by the wind. I'm getting carried away. But John 15, 5 tells us that we are united to him. We are united with him. I love that because it's a a dual thing. It's a tag team. I'm not going to sing the old school song. Should I back again? Okay. But it's a tag team effect. Hey, 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 mess with me. Mess with God. Man, you guys want to have that? Amen. Have that attitude that that God is on your side and you are on God's side. Amen. I love when people talk bad about God because I stand in the forefront and say, you better shut your mouth right now because I'm going to defend my God. Okay, and then then when someone talks bad about us, God stands up in the forefront and says, you better shut up. I'm going to defend my children. Listen, listen, I love the branches and I love the vine um, story because watch this. It shows me that I'm united to him, but not only am I united to him, I'm also united with him. My God, Lord, remember, man, remember this prayer, Lord, Lord. These are my children. Teach them to be one with me like I am one with you. That goes from the two to the with. Lord, let them be with me like I am with you. 
Let the branches understand their role with the vine as I, the vine, understand the role with the branches. I hope you guys are with me. The vine, listen, gives to the branches what is needed and what is needed for the branches to live, life, the nutrients, and everything else that the branches need. They get it from the vine. If the vine, come on, listen, listen. I should have brought a vine for an example of today's message. If I were to rip a branch from a vine and I grab that branch, come on, I need you, and I say, hey, branch, here, oh, I just dirtied the whole floor. And I go like this, and I go, whoom, and I put it in good soil, and I say, come on, branch, grow. Guess what's going to happen to that branch? Nothing. Why? It was disconnected from the vine. The branch does not grow away from the vine. The branch receives life from the vine. What does that have to do with me? The Christian receives growth from Jesus. The Christian will not grow away from Jesus. You might grow in knowledge. You might grow in all these other things, but you will not grow in your walk if you're not connected with Jesus Christ, your Lord, who's the one and the only who gives life to the believer. This is huge. Let me tell you why this is huge. We're celebrating Thanksgiving on Thursday. We can't celebrate Thanksgiving on Thursday and just say thank you, Lord, if we don't understand that the giver is Jesus in our life. There is no Thanksgiving if there is no branch attached to the vine. Hey, hey, check this out. There is no Thanksgiving if the vine ceases to exist. But I praise a vine, and I worship a vine, and I give glory to a vine, and I give my money to a vine, and I give my time to a vine, and I give my prayer to a vine, and I give my worship to a vine who does not cease to live, who does not rot and is destroyed, who is not destroyed by the farmer, or who is not destroyed by the maintenance keeper. I serve a vine who lives and gives life in abundance. This branch is attached to that vine because that vine is attached to this branch and together we show the imagery of what life is and what life represents. The vine without the branch cannot live. The branch without the hey, hey, hey. That's why later on the apostles write, you are a living epistle. You're a walking letter. How? How is that possible? Because you're connected to the vine, and he gives you the authority to walk as the word of God. Wow, that's blasphemy. No, it's not. Because only and only if you've been made one with is that possible. Man, I wasn't even supposed to even touch on that that long. We give because of what has been given to us. We study in the Gospels, Jesus gives this great commission to go, therefore, and make disciples, right? We've heard of the Great Commission. But have you ever noticed what he says in the Great Commission? He says, teaching them to observe all the things that I've commanded you. Can I, can I tell you what that means? Teaching them to observe everything that I've given you. The Great Commission even has to do with regal, I gave to you. Regal, you give to others. Only because I've given to you. Man. Here's my point. Ready? Point number one. Write this down in your notes. Why should I give, Pastor Regal? Why? 
Number one, write this down. Come on. We belong to God. Can you write that? We belong to God. Hey, church, why should you give? This is really number two because number one is we are what? Imitators of God. So we'll just say number two. Ready? Number two, why should I give? Because, because we belong to God. You know what Paul says as a, as a verse comes up here in 1 Corinthians 9, uh, 6, 19, and 20? Hey, check out Paul. Paul says this. Church, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? You are not of your own, for you were bought at a price. Huh? Yeah. You don't belong to you. You belong to me. Hey, vine, vine, branches, branches. You belong to the vine. That's what Paul's saying. Just in different imagery. Just in different wordage. He's saying the same thing that Jesus said in John 15. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Guess what Paul says? Paul says this. You're the body, and the Holy Spirit belongs, and you belong to it. You're bought at a price. You're not of your own. You're now one with the Holy Spirit. You're, you're, your vine is attached to the branches. Branches are attached to the vine. I love what 1 Peter chapter 2.9 says. We, we are the Lord's special possession. I love that. It says that we are his special. One translation says this. Ready? I love this word. We are his peculiar. Hey, we have any peculiar people over here? Peculiar? Yeah, it's just different, man. Huh? I, I had all the pastors yesterday come for the, past, for the leadership thing. Anyone, do we have some good-looking pastors in our fellowship, right? Okay. Not me, them, them, them. Right? They are some good-looking pastors in our fellowship, right? Man, not talking about me, God. So they all get out of their cars, and I'm outside, and I, and I realize they had their shirt tucked in, long sleeve shirts, dressed nice, and I was like, oh, man. I think I missed the note. <laughs> and they come into the church, and it's funny, my, my overseeing pastor, Pastor Javi, he's going to hear this message. He's going to call me up later and say, well, how dare you? <laughs> but watch this. He looks at me and says, dude, what is up with your outfit? What is up with your shoes? You know, I was just dressed very comfortable yesterday. I was like, man, I'm going to my church. My church likes to be comfortable. We're going to have a good time in the leadership seminar. So I decided to wear some jeans that were a little tight, kind of like, I think it were these. And then I wore some, um, I've never done this in public. I always do this at the house to keep it safe, you know, in my neighborhood so none of the, the crazy church people see me. But I wore those, um, those toms, you know, without socks. So you see a piece of my skin hanging out on my leg. Then I wore this long V-neck with, you know, a little bit of my chest showing with this weird jacket. After he looked at my shoes, he looked at my jacket and says, what is up with your jacket? And then I look at this verse and I say, man, praise God that he calls me peculiar. I'm just a little bit different. Any different people here today? <laughs> Amen, man. I'm cool with that. I look at him and I say, I'm just different, man. I'll tell you what, though. I promise you, I still love Jesus, baby. I still love Jesus. Come on, let's bring it. Come on, man. Boy, I could, I could rock my, my, my basketball shorts with long socks, sandals, and a V-neck that has rips and stains on it. And I'll come over here and I'll still preach I love Jesus and Jesus loves you the same way. You know what I'm saying? Hey, 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 how amazing is it? How amazing is it that God says, hey, I love you. You're my special people. And, and not only are you special, for all you weirdos out there, you're my peculiar person who I love too. I thank God because I'm weird, and I thank God because God loves weird people like me. How many weird people can say amen today? Amen. Yeah, baby. To all my weird people, amen. Mm. Check this, church. All joking aside, here it is. Ready? The point that I want to make across is this. Point number two. Hey, why should I give? Here it is. 
we belong to God. If we belong to God, how can I, give, how can I not give back to the one who I belong to? We belong to God. We belong to God. To the one we belong to. He's given us much. And, and what a shame, church, would it be if we are a people that don't give much back? 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. Paul, I love Paul. Have you noticed in this church how much I love Paul? Thank you for participation. But Paul says, we're almost done. Paul says, what do you have that you did not receive? Hey, hey, church, Regal today, Pastor Regal asks you the same thing that Paul asks you. Ready? Anyone here, what do you have in your possession today that you have not received? What's your answer? It should be nothing. It should be absolutely nothing, Pastor Regal. Whoa, whoa, I worked for my money and, and I worked for my intellect. I mean, I studied hard and I busted my rump hard and, and I went to school and I traveled. And, and I, hey, listen, listen, you didn't make your brain. Jesus formed your brain in your mother's womb. You didn't make your hands to put to work. Jesus made your hands. You didn't put your heart. You didn't put your legs. You didn't put your force. God gave you the force, the ability to work in what you work in. God has given you everything that you have. You belong to God. Come on, man. You belong to God. I promise you, church, you belong to God. And you better understand that now before you stand before the presence of God. And you're like, oh, my God, I should have caught on to this. I belong to God. So how can I give? I got to give because God has given much. As a matter of fact, in Psalms 24.1, listen to this. It says the earth is the Lord's. What is the Lord's? The earth and everything that is in it. Hey, you thought your car was yours. You thought your house was yours, huh? You thought your kids were yours, huh? You thought your clothes was yours, huh? You thought your bank account was yours, huh? Listen, everything that is in the earth belongs. Wow. It belongs to God. And the world and all its people belong to God. You mean even that smelly person sitting in the back row? Yes, they belong to God too. Even the weird, peculiar person. Even the guy that wears toms with no socks and jeans to a pastor's thing and to a seminar of leaders. Even that guy. I love him too. Are you guys with me? Number one, two, sorry, you belong to God. As a matter of fact, again, part two, here it is. God speaks to Job, and I love the book of Job, chapter 41, verse 11. If you're taking notes, chapter 41, verse 11, the book of Job. Look what Jesus says. Look what God says. Oh, man, I get excited. Who has given me anything that I need to pay back? Everything under heaven is what? Yeah. You got God's message here? Yeah, yeah. Hey, Job. Who's giving me money? Who's giving me anything that I have to give them back? You know what Job's answer was? Uh, no one. I'm the ultimate giver. Haggai chapter 2 verse 8. I'm just going to keep giving you scripture so you can catch on. Haggai chapter 2 verse 8. It says this. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of heaven's armies, the Lord of hosts. Well, what's yours? Silver, gold, earth, the people in the earth, everything that is from everything. Everything belongs to who? God. So if God owns everything, how many of you could say amen? I praise God that God owns me because check this out. Ain't no bank 
ever going to go to my God and say, knock, 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 you haven't made your payment. I'm going to take what belongs to us. Hey, listen, God has purchased me with his blood that will not be revocable. And I praise God because he sealed me with the spirit of God. And when the enemy comes knocking and says, I've gone to and fro, and whom can I mess up? God could look at him like he did in the Old Testament and say, have you considered my servant Job? Have you considered Regal, who you could do whatever you can, but you can't snatch him out of my hands? Point number two, because the children of God belong to the almighty God. You can't touch this. Dun, 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 can't touch this. You can't touch it. Hey, hey, guys, point number one, you are a what? You are an imitator of God. Point number two, you are belonging to God. I know I messed up with the R. We are to be faithful to God as God is what? As God is what? You could, you could preach this message for me now. As God is faithful to us. Can I just be real? Can you just be real? How many of you has God been faithful to? Can we do something? Can we give testimony? If God has been faithful to you today, yesterday, five years ago, this very second, can you stand up really quick with me? I want to see how many people could say, I have a testimony how God has been faithful. My God. Hey, can you guys look around? My God. A hundred percent of those in attendance today have just admitted God has been faithful. Now this is huge. Let me tell you why this is huge. Because if God is faithful, my point number three is this, ready? And here it is. It's why should I give number three, ready? Because I've received much. And all of you just stood up and said, I've received from God so much faithfulness. Hey, Hey, if you stood up for God and you've received much, watch, watch what I'm about to get, tell you. Are you giving much back in return? Because how many of us know this, and maybe you're here in this room, and maybe if you've been anything like me. Has anyone here ever been a hoarder? And I'm not talking about a physical hoarder. Your house is filled with boxes you can't even get in. Oh, my God, when is my wife going to clean the house? And the wife's like, when you put away some of your, okay. And, and my God, my house is, of how many of the children of God, our spiritual lives, we're hoarding from God? We're getting fat on God's blessings. And God's like, when are you going to exercise? And when are you going to release some of the stuff that I've blessed you with? Hey, you've all stood up, you've received so much from God, and God's like, Man, there's some, and, and with all respect, can, can, I don't mean this with no disrespect. You know my heart. But, man, there's some heavy, spiritual, spiritual, heavy-set people that are not exercising their gifts to God and saying, God, I'm tired of keeping the blessings and the faithfulness, but I want to give back to those who need much as well. How many of you could say amen? You, you could sit down. We're not done with the message, but praise God for that. Check this out, church. Point number three, write this down in your notes as you all stood up. We have received much. Hey, you've heard me preach this. In James chapter 2, verse 5, in Romans 8, 17, you've heard me say how we are heirs to the kingdom of God. I think I even said it last week. You've heard me say that before. Well, check this out. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 21, 22, and 23, it says something like this. Listen, listen. For everything belongs to you. What? 
got to be kidding me. Jesus, Paul's like, everything belongs to you. Everything belongs to you. And you belong to Christ. And, and Christ belongs to God because you are an heir to the, to the things of God. And you are sitting in high places like James and Romans says. Well, I'm going to write a, church as a, a letter to, to the church of Corinth. And I'm going to remind the church of Corinth. Hey, church of Corinth, stop. Stop with the nonsense. Everything belongs to you because everything belongs to Christ. And, and Christ belongs to God. So you are in the unity of everything. Wow. Everything belongs to me. Hey, I'm not saying that you're going to walk in today and as soon as you go to www.mybank.com that all the money in the world is going to belong to you. You missed it. You missed the message. But I promise you that if you go to www.eternity.com, man, streets of gold and mansions, listen, and everything will belong to you. Man, I promise you, you have an inheritance that is so thick, that is so amazing. Can you, can you smell it? It's knocking. It's coming right around the corner. I can't wait for Jackson to be born, but you better believe it. I can't wait for Christ to call me home, baby. I can't wait. It's greater. Is it greater to you? As Christians, we've been given so much, so much to be thankful for, so much to give back. Luke 12, 48 tells us that because we've given much, we are required much. Much is required from us. Hey, all of you stood up. God's given me much, but check this out. God's now saying, well, guess what? If you stood up today, then much is required from you. Much is required from you. I love this, church. We have a responsibility, and I'm not exiting myself out of this message. God gave it to me. God gave me a responsibility, and God has given you a responsibility, us, and that is to give, to give to others, to give back to God, because Matthew 10.8 says, freely you have received and freely you give. You mean I don't give and tell them you better pay me back a fifth? No, you, you've received freely. You did anything on that cross? You did anything on the blood? You did anything for my sacrifice? No, God, I didn't. Well, then when you give to others, you don't ask for anything back. Freely you've been given. Freely you will give away. So wait, wait. So God, do you mean to tell me that according to your word, because you're a giver, you're calling me to be a giver? And God's answer is what, church? Absolutely, yes, indeed. Because I'm a giver. You're a giver. And it's time of thanksgiving, like I said. And we thank the one who has given. But can we give because we're thankful? Oh, man, I hope you didn't miss that. Thursday comes, and we thank the one who has given. Listen, this is, this is Christianity 101 right here. We thank the one who has given, and we all scream yes and amen. But here's true Christianity. But we give because we're thankful. Wow. I never saw it that way. Pastor Rigo, I promise you, my years as a believer, I've never seen it that way. I thought I'd just have to give thanks for everything. You do. But because you're thankful, you give because you're thankful. My God. I'm going to share a quote from Andrew Murray. Listen to this quote. This guy's good. He says, the world asks, what does a man own? But Christ asks, how does he use it? Wow. Because the truth is we could own the world. But what good is it if we don't give the world? My Lord. I'm going to end with Matthew 12. I think God's message has been clear today. 
Did I say Matthew 12? Correction, Mark 12. If you have your Bibles, turn back to Mark chapter 12 with me. I'm going to go back to the widow. In Mark chapter 12, can, can we just end with this again? It says, I'm Matthew. Here it is. Now, Jesus sat opposite the treasury. I'm going to read it again. And he saw how the people put money into the offering box, into the treasury. And many who had a lot of money, many who had, they put in much. Everyone say they put in much. Put in much. Then one poor widow came. Can you just imagine this? How would this have looked? Everyone's in the temple of God. If you ever study the temple, it was a pretty big place. Where the place where this is taking place is called the Gentile court. Stuff that you don't, you got to remember, Jews are writing to Jews, so they automatically think these people know what's going on. But then here we are, a bunch of Gentiles 2,000 years later, and we're like, we have no idea what it's talking about. We just think it's a church like this. Well, he's actually in the time of a Passover, and in the time of where things are packed in the house of God. The temple is full. Kind of like when it was when when he was flipping over tables and calling people out. And in this Gentile court, it, the Gentile court surrounded the, the temple of God. But the Jews would call the whole area the temple. But you had your out, outer court, Gentile court, then you had the temple. And within the temple, especially in the Old Testament, you had the holy place and all that. And you had all, where all the offerings and all the sacrifices took place within there. So can I explain something to you? A lot of stuff was going on in the Gentile court. Listen, people were selling doves, like when Jesus flipped over the tables. People were selling oxen. People were also selling sheep. Not only that, but people were making extra money because they were selling it for double and triple the charge because it was inflation. Hey, where else are you going to go? It's kind of like when you go to a game. What are you going to leave the stadium to go to McDonald's across the street? They come back in. They're not going to let you in. So you got to pay the $25 for a burger right there. Inflation. Just take it. Take it or leave it. Starve. So people were in the temple. People, there was a lot of commotion, a lot of stuff going on. And then they had about 19 offering boxes. Watch this. Every single offering box, treasure box, was for a specific something, a specific giving of whatever it was. And this one specifically, was the one that people were given to. Now, I need you to listen. There's a lot of people in the Gentile court as we speak. Jesus is in this Gentile court that is part of the temple. And all the rich are giving and giving and giving and giving. And as he's lounging, it says here, from a distance. I love this. He sees how everyone is giving. 
Because I think that for too long already, we've been preaching a false gospel. That, hey, pray, we praise God who's a giver, but don't ever ask the people of God to ever give. And I'm so tired of this false, biblical, false gospel that is being preached. If God is a giver, children of God, you are a giver. Listen, if God is love, come on, children of God, you are love. If God is hope, listen, children of God, you are someone else's hope. What God carries as the branch is attached to the vine, the branch carries that same flow that comes from the vine. The vine gives life to the branch, me and you, you and I. And you and I receive life, and then we burst out fruit, and we give life to the picker, to the farmer. If you ever study that correctly, the farmer is God, who tends his field and takes back what belongs to him anyways. Man, 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 man. Now the prayer makes more sense. Lord, as you and I are one, let them be one with us. Why? Because the whole farming thing is oneness. Jesus gives to the children the branch, the vine to the branch. The branch, the children burst out fruit for the farmer, God. And God receives what is given to him. And it's a cycle. God has given the son the authority. The son has given the children the authority. The children give back the glory and honor back to the father. The father gives it back to the son. The son gives it back to the children. The children give it back to the father. Father gives it back to the son. The son gives it back to the children. The children gives it back to the father. Father gives it back to the son. Son gives it back to the children. Children give it back to the father. You know what the Bible says about the branches that do not give? They're cut off and they're thrown to a fire so that there will be no more life in them. Can I tell you what happened there? The father gave to the son. The son gave to the children. The children kept for their own. They rotted and they died. This is the best Thanksgiving message you ever hear. Because it's God's heart telling you, I gave to you, give back to me. True thanksgiving is about a giver who is thankful. So here's the Lord. And as the Lord is sitting there, he says, boys, huddle, huddle. The 12 boys with Jesus huddle. Jesus being the leader of the group says, did you just see what happens? Did you, sorry. Did you just see what happened? Yeah. Did you see it? And the disciples are like, did I see what? People are dropping thousands. This is a good day, Jesus. Shut up. And Jesus is like, no, did you see what happened? And they're like, yes, the rich are giving from their abundance. Amen. And God is like, no, did you see what happened? 
Did you see the poor lady? The widow. Oh, yeah, the one whose husband died not that long ago. Yes, her. Did you see her? I saw her come in, but God, she just gave a penny. And God is like, isn't that awesome? And the 12 disciples are like, no. She should have given more. Today's message is not about, hey, when you tithe next week, make sure you tithe. No. That's not what today's message is even what it's about. If you've caught that, you've caught the wrong message. But today's message is, everything that I've given you, you give back to me to glorify and honor me. And if you're not doing that with your time, with your worship, with your prayer, with your word, and even with your tithe, you're sinning before God. We're being disobedient to God. I mean, how many times has God rebuked me for not praying? How many times has God rebuked me for not worshiping, for not giving to others, for not even giving my tithe what belongs to him? And God says, everything belongs to me. And he looks at the 12 and he says, did you see what just happened? And then he says this. It's so amazing. He goes on. And in chapter 12 of Mark, his words are words that normal folk would not understand. And this is what he goes on to say. He says, I tell you today, this poor widow has put more than anyone else who has put. Verse 44, they've put from their abundance but she put from her poverty, she put from everything that she had, she put from her livelihood. Church, the Lord looked at the poor widow and how she was giving. How much would you give today if you would understand that God is looking at your giving? Some of you would freak out and would be embarrassed to give to God what you're giving if you would have a realization that Jesus is looking at your giving. Are you guys with me? And here he is. And he takes notice in our giving. Whether we do it right with the right heart or not. Whether we do it cheerfully or whether we do it regretful. He looks at the heart of man. He knows how we give. How we give our money. How we give our time. How we give to others who are in need. How we give to him in word and prayer. Church. We cannot fool God. He's looking at your heart. He's looking at why we do what we do and whether it's for him or for others to see him. Hey, everyone comes up here and plays. And you might be an awesome instrumental person and an awesome vocal person and an awesome preacher. But you could fool the congregation. But you can't fool God. If you're playing the piano, God knows whether that's real worship. Whether you're preaching and worshiping, God knows if that's real worship. Whether you're giving of your alms, God knows if that's real worship. You could fool the world, but you can't fool the maker of this world and then he goes on everyone is given from their abundance the rich are dropping now serious money and they're walking up and this poor widow comes up with a little penny a penny a little copper coin and he says I tell you that she's given more than all these folks and the disciples are like what in the world are you talking about huh I don't get it because listen, disciples, they gave from their abundance. What does that mean? When they go back home, they still have much in their account. They still have much stored. Listen, so standing in the corner, I realized that it wasn't a true sacrifice for them to give. Now is my point. But the poor widow, she gave out of her poverty, out of all of her wants, out of her livelihood. So when I stood in the corner, 
I noticed something leaked in me. Everyone gave because they have much more in their account. But she gave what she didn't even have. For them, it was not a sacrifice. But for the poor widow, it was a sacrifice. It was her whole life. It was everything that she had. I'm going to end this message. What happened with this lady? She gave till it hurts. She didn't give because it hurts. She gave until it hurts. She didn't get hurt in her giving. But she gave until she began to hurt. Can you imagine if Christ's children start walking around this earth, around our community, around our jobs, around our churches, giving until we hurt and stop giving just because it's hurting us to give? Imagine how many people we could touch. She gave till it hurts. To what made her hurt, there was a sacrifice behind her giving. Imagine the disciples, Lord, can I check your temperature? Are you okay? And you could almost picture Jesus. Everyone, everyone is judging her. Everyone is judging her because she brings a penny and she drops the penny in the offering box. And then here's the whole congregation. And they're all just looking at her and saying, who does this woman think she is? Listen, she should have stayed home with that money. How embarrassing to drop a penny in the offering box. Listen, how embarrassing it is for her to walk up in front of all the rich people and drop a penny. She should have stayed home. How about her family and her friends? You're going where? To the temple? Are you crazy? You don't even have money to go to the temple to give to the treasury box. She was at the point of fire. Ever been there? Ever been there? I can't give. Ah. I don't know what I'm going to give. I don't know if I, what I'm going to do. Everyone's blaming her. Why are you going to give if you don't even have enough for yourself? You got to raise your family right first. You got to pay your bills first in your house. Hey, hey, how about this one? Charity begins at home. You got to worry about you first. Worry about you. I got to worry about me. You shouldn't be giving. Give to a better productive organization. Don't give to the temple of God. Those priests in those temple of gods in those old days, they probably all steal. Don't give. Uh, you don't think she heard those things? But here's Jesus in the corner. And he sees the woman giving from sacrifice. And he's telling the disciples, you don't know her story. Her husband just died. She doesn't have bread to put on her table today. She might go home hungry today. She doesn't even have enough gas to put in her camel. There's no way that she's going to get home. There's no way that she's going to make it. She's going to be so hungry and she can't even do it. Listen, you don't know her story. Everyone is judging her. But hey, are you judgmental people? You don't even know the story of this woman. She's given with sacrifice from everything that she has. And you have the audacity to judge her. Hey, anyone in here could relate to that? You don't know my story. He walked out on me. She walked out on me. My child died. I lost my child. I, I just got fired and I don't have a job. Everyone here has a story. Some good stories, some bad stories. Some are more horrific than the other stories. Some are better than the other stories. Some trees are blossoming with, with apples and some are just withering with withered grapes. And everyone has a story. And everyone has a problem. Every one of you have a problem. If I could pass the mic around and say, let me one problem. 
Every one of you can name a problem. Kevin and Allie are praying for their daughter. Amen. Is it a problem? My wife is in bed rest. Amen. Is it a problem? Do you guys have 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 a problem? Do you have a problem? Do you have a problem? We all have problems. But the problem doesn't determine your giving. Your giving determines your problem. I give to God because I have a problem. I do not stop giving to God because I have a problem. I worship the giver even when things aren't making sense in my life. I promise you giving back towards God at all times, it doesn't make sense all the times. It doesn't. Then there's God and he's just lounging. And he sees you today. And he's looking at all the angels in heaven. All the saints. And he's like, everyone huddle, 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 huddle. And everyone's in heaven. And he, he's going to do this today. Did you see what just happened in new life in the middle of Hialeah in that little warehouse? Everyone's like, what happened, God? Did you see how those people that have problems... How it didn't determine their giving. They continued to give even with their greatest problem. I didn't care for the person who gave because they go back home and they're comfortable. But I care for the one who gives even when it makes them uncomfortable to give. Because they know that it's in them to give. Because I'm a giver, so they're a giver. And their worship up to me, um, to me is nothing but giving. Them I am well pleased in. Did you see the poor widow who gave with everything she had? And the disciples that hit them. Oh my God, forgive me, Lord. The whole time I was staring at the rich people dropping $500,000. I missed the widow's penny. And God's like, don't you ever do it again. She gave more than anyone else because everyone else holds home comfortable. But this woman has nowhere to lay her head and no bread to fill her belly. She gave more than everyone Why? Because when you're a giver, you give to God. Many people will come to us and say, why are you giving your life now? Why are you giving your life to this church? Why are you giving your life to God, to relationship? How many of you have heard this? Enjoy your life first. Amen. Experience life. If you go to church, if you go to God now, you're going to be caught up with rules and you'll never be the same again. Hey, church, are you willing to give it? Are you willing to give till it hurts today? Or will it hurt you to give today? Who are you? What are you holding back from giving? I'm not really asking you, what are you giving? Amen, if you're giving. But my question to you is, what are you retaining? We're not a people that hold back and retain for the sake of comfort and security. We are a people that give because we are thankful to the thankworthy Lord that we serve and all that he's given to us. So we put Christ 
And His Spirit now lives in us. His character becomes our character. So now we display His characteristics. And the one that is highlighted in Scripture, it is that He is a giving God. And we, through His transforming power, become giving saints. We become giving people. And what is the outcome of doing such a thing? God is glorified and magnified. Others become blessed. And you grow in trusting God because you just gave with everything that you have. And you're believing that God's going to give back to you. Wow. Can you imagine living like that? Outcome, God glorified and magnified. Others are blessed. And you begin to trust in God and grow. The greatest people, the greatest individual that trust in God, study their life, they're the biggest givers to God. I promise you. I promise you. You want to meet someone who knows how to trust God? Look at their giving. Ask them for their, um, for their checkbook. They'll flip you out. Ask them for how many hours they spend with the Lord. They'll flip you out. Ask them how much they serve the Lord. They'll flip you out. Some of the greatest givers are the ones that trust the most. So I end with two last things and I'm done. And then we're going to pray and we're going to go home. I was hanging out with a brother in the church the other day and we went to a special service this week. And it was funny because we were talking about giving. And he said this to me, something like this. I might massacre it. But he says, you know, I would have never given until I first started giving. Something like that. I know it doesn't make any sense, but I'll explain. And I thought about that. He says, you know, when I first started to give and I just took a step of faith, and at this time he was not talking about his talents and his time and his prayer. At this time he was actually talking about finances. He says, I got to see God's faithfulness when I started to give in ways that if I would have never started to give, I would have never seen it. That flipped me over. I was like, wow. I would have never continued to give unless I first started giving. And I was blessed by that. Because I think that's God's heart. Hey, start giving. And watch how I continue to give back. Because I'm faithful in return. I'm faithful in return. The Father will continue to give to the Son. The Son will continue to give to the Father. And the Father will continue to give to the Son. The son will continue to give to the child of God. The child of God will continue to give to the father. The father will continue to give to the son. The son will continue to give to the children. The children will continue to give to the father. He says, continue to give, and you will see how faithful I am, and I will continue to give back. And I end with C.S. Lewis, one of my favorite books, Mere Christianity. Read it if you can. Watch what he says. I will pray right after this. In his book, Mere Christianity, he says this. Give me all of you. Guys, I hope you see his heart here. He's screaming that. <laughs> like, this is what God is saying to his children today. Give me all of you. I don't want so much of your time, so much of your talents and money, and so much of your work. I want you. All of you, I have not come to torment or frustrate the natural man or woman, but to kill it. No half measures will do. I don't want to only prune. Prune a branch here and a branch there. 
Rather, I want the whole tree out, hand it over to me, the whole outfit, all of your desires, all of your wants and wishes and dreams. Turn them on over to me. Give yourself to me, and I will make you a new self in my image. Give me yourself, and in exchange, I will give you myself. The father gives to the son. The son gives to the child. The child gives to the father. The father gives to the son. The son gives to the child, and I will give you myself. My will shall become your will. My heart shall become your heart. But when you read this, it's about giving yourself. Today I end with, church, will you give of yourself? Will you surrender it all unto the Lord? Will it hurt you to give? Or today will you give till it hurts? I'm going to ask you to close your eyes right there where you're at. As we get ready to go. Is there anyone here today that God is saying, give it all to me right now. Hey, surrender it. Happy Thanksgiving. Amen. It's time to give because you're thankful. In this awesome time of thanksgiving, I've given you so much and you've noticed it. And God today is telling you in your heart, but what have you given me lately? And maybe today it has to do with your spiritual walk, with how you stand before a holy God. Maybe God is saying, come on, man, would you just give me all of you already? Stop holding back. I cut off whatever branches are not producing fruit. I cut them off. Come on, can you just do it already? Maybe it is someone who's stealing, who's not giving back money, faithfulness, and their tithes, and their offering, and giving to the Lord what's his. Can you begin? Can you make a pact with God now, saying, I'm going to give what belongs to you? How about the brother or sister who's in need, and you know they're in need? And you know that God has blessed you, that you're even beyond what you give to the body and to the Lord. You could even give to those that are in need so much more. And you know that that's you. And God has shown you brothers and sisters who are in need. Maybe today God is saying, give to them. Maybe today he's reminding you of his word. He's reminding you of prayer. Is there anyone here that God is saying, I want you just to give it all. Give yourself completely to me so that I could transform your life. With every eye closed, we're going to do something today. We're going to pray because this altar, this message was for me. It's time for me to give all. All in. I'm going to end in prayer with you. If that's you, can you stand in agreement with me? And trust me, if I was sitting, I stand in agreement with you. And I say, God, thank you for speaking to me. I want to stop hurting to give. But I want to start giving until it hurts. If that's you today. And you want to be like this widow who drops the coin. But it was a coin of sacrifice. I'm going to ask you to stand. And just start praying to God and say, Lord, teach me. Teach me how to give till it hurts. Can you pray that right now? Teach me how to give till it hurts. Teach me how to give during this time of thanksgiving. Let me do it right. Let me give all of me. Can you pray that right now to your God if you're ready to, to give till it hurts? Because the truth is, if you're a child of God, that's what God is calling you for. Examine your heart. Examine your life. If you struggle with giving in all areas, 
examine that area. Is God really there? So today, Lord, teach me to be a giver that hurt, until it hurts. Teach me to worship you, to give unto you everything back in return. Everything that I have from time to money to friendships, prayer, service, everything that's me. Let me give it all to you till it hurts with sacrifice. It belongs to you. And I pray that for every individual here that their lives would be transformed from this word. That they would never be the same again. That you would use each one of them mightily to be a child of God who gives back. That people could say, what is it about you? Why do you give? And they could say, because Jesus gives to me. That that would be one of our greatest testimonies with our families, communities, where we work, who we deal with daily. And even in our very own church home. We believe it. And we declare it. Let us have an awesome Sunday. And let us give, give, give till it hurts. In the mighty and in the precious name of Jesus Christ. And together, church, we come in agreement and we say, amen. Can you give God some praise where you're at?